welcome back to the GamecockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GamecockScoop.com, which is the Gamecock affiliate for Rivals. Um, I'm here with Pauline Hendricks, who runs social media, has been taking lots of cool pictures and videos and stuff at these first few practices, and Alan Cole, who is the main beat reporter at GamecockScoop.com. Um, first thing I wanted to get into, by the way, I'm Caleb Alexander, I've been a introduce myself. I'm the publisher and also cover a lot of recruiting. Um, so I wanted to just really quickly run down all the recruiting news that's happened this week, which has been a lot. Um, tomorrow morning on the site, I will run my re- weekly recruiting wrap up. So you can see all the inside deeper notes of some of the things I'm about to say there. Um, and the title, I already have it, uh, is do you want the good news or the bad news first? Um, because it's been a news-filled week, but some of that has been good. Some of that, some of that has been bad. I actually think I'm going to try to sandwich it here. So kind of a, a shit sandwich, for lack of a better word. Um, Pauline's favorite word. So <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that just was not going to be <laughs> – we would just no, breeze we're, over that. That's that's just for us, inside joke. Um, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so in men's basketball, uh, Lamont Paris, after a couple weeks ago landing Gigi Jackson, which is obviously a huge deal, uh, the highest rated recruit in the history of the program, landed two more in-state signees for the 2023 class in back-to-back days this past weekend in Colin, Colin Murray Boyles who is a 6'7", three-star forward out of AC Flora in Columbia. Um, His AAU coach, Curtis Wheeler, compared his game to Lamar Odom's game, which is like kind of a point forward, meaning he has a lot of um, variability to his game. Uh, He can play like a traditional forward, but he also can kind of put the ball down, uh, create his own shot, um, create shots for others through assists. So, yeah, uh, kind of the same thing that we've been seeing with Lamont Paris and uh, his recruiting strategy, both in the portal and now early on uh, in the 2023 class, is that he's looking for guys that can play multiple roles because his offense seems to be kind of this free-flowing, not that it doesn't have any sort of structure, but free-flowing where guys can play different positions. Um, On those same lines, Arden Conyers out of Westwood High School uh, will most likely play wing, but again, has some of that flexibility, Um, and that's in Blythewood. So again, we're seeing that they're continuing to emphasize the state of South Carolina and Columbia specifically, which I think is really a good move. Um, Not that Frank Martin never got any players out of Columbia or South Carolina. In fact, a lot of the contributors on the um, Final Four team were out of South Carolina. But uh, I think it's a good move for this new staff that doesn't necessarily have all the inroads with the you know elite of the elite nationally um, to prioritize guys that want to be here and that grew up wanting to be here. Um, I don't know if anyone saw online, but Arden Conyers had this uh, video posted from when he was a kid, like you know seven eight years old, and he's yeah. talking about wanting to play for South Carolina. Um, that's kind of guys. You're, I mean, if you're not going to get you know, a top 50 national player or something, then you want someone that wants to be here and is going to work their butt off. And um, by all means, or both. That's if what Gigi Jackson, you can kind of thread the needle and right. both yeah. the, the boxes there. Yeah, that would definitely be the most ideal. Um, but yeah, it sounds like both these guys have very good work ethic. Um, Paris and the staff seem to like them and we'll, we'll see how that goes. As far as men's basketball recruiting going forward, 
A um, couple of names in state to continue to keep your eye on. Jordan Butler is a center out of Christ Church. Uh, number 69 overall player nationally on Rivals. He's a four-star. And then Cam Scott out of Lexington, number 33 player nationally is a four-star. Those are both going to be tough to land, um, but definitely still big-time in-state priorities for the staff right now. And then a couple other just random names to keep your eyes on. Uh, KJ Green out of Atlanta. And then Rasheem Felton out of California, but originally from Gastonia, North Carolina. Um, he's the cousin of UNC great point guard Raymond Felton. Um, so some ties. There's a name I've heard in a while. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then on the football side, so here's the, uh, the shit part of the shit sandwich. Um, so let's talk about some bad news, but then there's some more good news on the football side. Um, so yesterday, wide receiver Carmelo Taylor uh surprisingly committed to penn state and when i say surprise it was kind of a surprise to everyone my understanding is the south carolina staff was surprised that it happened uh perhaps even the penn state staff was surprised that it happened um i was talking to some of my sources at penn state and they were like yeah they're on the practice field right now so i don't even know if they know that he committed yet um it seems like after they got off the practice field they realized he committed and they do seem like they're gonna um honor that commitment but there was like a little bit of like a sketchy like because earlier in the process um i had heard that we weren't sure if that was a committal committable offer from penn state yet or not um but i think they maybe missed on a couple wide receivers and then uh sort of put more emphasis on taylor at that point so uh that's too bad uh that's that was my first future cast that i missed i was gonna say that broke the street didn't it yeah, I was uh, 13 17 or 17. Was it? it was more than that. It was, oh. uh, for, for football, it was 13 for 13. And oh. then I had the basketball ones too. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of a bummer. And then apparently this counts against your future cast streak as well. Um, Jaden Robinson flipped to Florida. So I had a future cast for South Carolina. He signed with South Carolina. But then when he flipped to Florida, it also dinged me, which I don't think is very fair. I got the initial thing he, right. He committed to South Carolina, yeah. <laughs> he did. It's I got a double that right. whammy there, though, going into the division. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and this one wasn't a surprise to the staff. So he visited Florida with Cam Upshaw back on their cookout weekend, which was the last weekend of July when South Carolina had their own cookout. Um, and then he kind of has gone silent since then. I've been trying to get in touch with him. Uh, uh, my understanding is that the South Carolina staff hasn't been able to get in touch with them. So we all kind of anticipated that this might be happening. Um, and then a couple weeks ago, the staff offered Auburn commit Terrence Love, who is a DB, but also could project as a linebacker very much like Robinson was. And when that first happened, uh, I know myself and uh, Perry McCarty, who covers recruiting and does some film work for Gamecock Scoop, um, we were kind of like scratching our head because we we're like, is this supposed to be Upshaw's replacement because it happened right around the same time that Upshaw decommitted, but then he recommitted two days later. Um, and now it seems clear that this was with Robinson in mind as far as the re replacement goes. So we'll keep you posted on any um, status updates with Terrence Love. Also, if that doesn't work out, uh, I've been told that they might look to the portal. So yeah, the linebacker like core right now is pretty solid. Uh, we're we're going to talk about them here in just a minute whenever we talk about the press conferences from today. Um, but, you know, it definitely hurts. It's a four-star out of Florida. Uh, dinged the 
rivals rank of the class down from 23 to 27. Um, I still expect some other good news this weekend that could bring that back up. Um, so yeah, let's get to the good part. So tomorrow, Bakari Swain is set to announce at 3.45 p.m. Um, I have a future cast in for him for South Carolina, and I'm going to keep him. So that used to be that used to mean something, but after the past couple of days, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, South Carolina likes him a defensive back, and then I'm told that the other top competitor might be Mississippi State, who likes him a receiver. So somewhat it depends on whether he wants to play DB or wide receiver in college. Um, but I think South Carolina would also give him a shot at wide receiver. He's a pretty good athlete all around. And yeah, I'm expecting things to go well on that one. And then Xavier McLeod, McLeod, I always mess up his last name. Um, four-star defensive lineman out of Camden, South Carolina. So I think we're expecting his decision to come somewhat soon. He's kind of hinted at it on Twitter. He was asking for a commitment video these sorts of things. Um, so last weekend, I finally did nail down that I put in a future cast for Xavier. Um, I know a lot of people have had future cast in for him for a really long time, back in like 2001, because South Carolina was his first offer, um, first major offer. But I didn't come on until like February 2022. And by that point, things were getting pretty murky. So I didn't want to put in anything at that point. Um, he had offers from every major program, his top six. Uh, I don't remember every name on it, but I know Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Florida, like the who's who of college football um, is in his top six. But ultimately, I do think that if he if he does commit soon, which it sounds like he might be, that things will look good for South Carolina there. Like I said, you can check out more on recruiting in the weekly recruiting wrap-up. It'll be posted first thing tomorrow morning. That's on Gamecock Scoop. Dot com. All right, Pauline, Allen, uh, you guys have attended every practice so far. Um, All a couple two of them, of, yep. Yeah, <laughs> two, two open practices <laughs> where you got to see some really good stretching um, and then uh, a couple of um, press conferences. So what, what stood out to each of you so far? I'll start with Pauline. Um, first off, the team has some great dance moves. I discovered that over. Yeah. Hey, that was a diamond in the rough type video. I will never get one of those again. (laughs) We'll see. But yeah, yeah. If you're not sure what she's talking about, uh, I've used it a few times on Twitter. Uh, I made a GIF of it last night. I don't even know if I told you guys this yet, but I made a GIF of it, so I'll I'll send it out. Um, But yeah, just this great moment where um, Juju McDowell was like, no one else caught it. And uh, Alan taps me on the shoulder after. Alan taps me on the shoulder after. He goes, did you get that? I was like, yeah, I did. Nobody else had it. I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. I I put a question to the forum on Gamecock Scoop, uh, like, only wrong answers. What is Juju dancing to? And some of the the responses were pretty good. Um, I, I, I wanted to put it to one. something so funny, like the we like the we intro music. It like da da yeah. Just have him like dancing around. I think that would be so funny. There's there's so much potential for it. So um, yeah, I would expect to see our social media team using that after every good news or <laughs> game for the foreseeable future because it's it's pretty fun. Um, all right, so good dance moves. Anything else stand out to you yet, uh, Pauline? I mean, I definitely was 
expecting to come in and literally just watch and I didn't have to watch stretching. I got to watch um, a lot of the quarterbacks throw. I got to see Rattler almost got hit in the head <laughs> with the football because they threw it in the uh, through the goalpost and it hit the wall and bounced back and almost hit me in the back of the head. But it was cool to be that close to the action and see them do things other than stretching. And I mean, all around, it seems like the first day and the second day, the second day was a lot hotter and it seemed it seemed like the energy was just like way more elevated. So like even though it was a lot tougher of like an environment, like they were trying to keep the players motivated and clearly like they were having a ball. So, I mean, I think that's yeah, a I good think, thing. I think I saw a clip of Byron Jaredu on that second day that was kind of like um, – saying it's hot in Arkansas, it's hot, you know, all over the yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I saw like, that. Towards the end of so. it, yeah. Because that was a three o'clock practice, which anybody who's listening to this it's probably knows how hot it is in Columbia in the afternoon. Um, yeah. And the first yeah, thing so, in the morning, so. So, Alan, that's a good transition. What have, what have you seen so far at the practices? And then we can get to the presses. But. Uh, Practice-wise, it's. You know, you're kind of looking at little things like I'm. I'm watching like I wrote about a little bit. I'm watching the holder battle. I'm watching the punter battle because Kai Kroger is still hurt, as far as we know. And even though um, Shane Beamer said that he expects Kai Kroger to be ready for the Georgia State game, um, as of now we haven't seen him out there yet. So they've been working out a couple punters. I wrote about that on the website. Um, I've been interested in watching some of the freshmen, some of the walk-ons. Um, you know, Paulie mentioned the quarterbacks. We saw Daniels throw a little bit. Um, I guess that was in the first practice. Um, I mean, anybody who's a college quarterback has a good arm, but he was he was throwing bombs on. Um, I guess that was last Friday. Um, so that was interesting yeah. to me. And just yeah, it's you kind of get a more holistic roster look because there's 110 guys on the roster, and I think other than Kai Kroger, literally everybody's there because everybody's healthy right now. So everybody's there. Um, the walk-ons are there. The freshmen are there. Um, and you're kind of seeing a little bit more of that um, than maybe you would on a normal game week where you can't dress everybody, or especially a road game where you can dress even less players. Yeah, you mentioned Jalen Daniels, and I think that that's something that we maybe didn't cover on the podcast because I've been moving for the last month, so like there's been some some weeks that we've missed or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a walk-on kid that you're talking about, but um, something that I mentioned on the site at least is he's not a typical walk-on. He's kind of one of those kids that was a little bit of a COVID casualty um, in the sense of his yeah. season was cut short. Uh, he didn't quite get um, maybe some of the game film that other people in his class did. And then he was working out with Spencer Rattler and Rattler um, sort of vouched for him, I guess. And they, they sucked on and brought him in for a camp and uh, he decided to bet on himself uh, by walking on. And yeah, by all, accounts um, from you and from other places that I've seen, it sounds like uh, he probably won't be a walk-on for too much longer. No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, that depth chart's crowded this year, obviously. It's such a different environment, too, when you know who your quarterback is. I mean, last year, South Carolina definitely didn't know it this time and didn't really know at most points in the season. I mean, you had a grad assistant starting games at one point there. So it's just a different energy, a different environment. Definitely calmer, I think, when you like, okay, number seven's the quarterback, and that's just all there is to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Pauline, I saw you catch a video of, I think it was Daniels throwing to um, Landon Sampson. Any yeah. insight on that? I mean, you, you, I don't know if it, that was just a lucky, lucky, uh, you know, angle or whatever, think, but it seemed like you saw something. I mean, I definitely like appreciated being able to see the freshmen um, at least demonstrate and be like actively participating in um, the drills that they're doing. And they're not just like the coaches are like making sure that um, each of the players like incoming walk-ons to veterans past senior year, like they're like, they're giving everybody a chance, which I think is like really good. And they're covering all of their bases, which is something that I mean, and even while me and Alan were, or Alan and I were in the press conferences, they would talk about how, or the older kids would talk about how it's great that they get to work with the younger kids and like they're kind of covering all their bases now just in case, like, thank goodness everybody's like majority of the team's healthy and stuff like that. But just in case, God forbid, something happens, they'll, everybody else knows each other's jobs. Like, they have replacements, not saying that people need to be replaced, but like they, everybody gets to cycle through and like everybody has like an equal opportunity, which was really cool to see. I know yeah, we're going to um, get to the press conferences in a second, but at, me, at the media day, not SEC media days, at South Carolina's, which you weren't there, Pauline, but Beamer said something to the effect of, I can't remember now, but it was like, we've got 110 spots and we can dress 75 so we're gonna have 35 walk-ons like we're gonna have as many walk-ons as we can and we're gonna see if those guys can fit uh I, I can't remember the exact quote now but it was something along the lines of we're gonna bring as many as we can and we're gonna see who can play and if someone can play they're they're gonna be on the field yeah definitely and it seems like that that's the attitude that they've taken and you brought up a good point pauline about the roster distribution um i think you know early off season, like around January or so after Landon Sampson, who we were just talking about signed, there was a thought that he was going to have to contribute this year because the wide receiver room was so thin, but then they went out in the portal and got guys like Antoine Wells and Corey Rucker Jr. Um, they're actually both juniors, but, uh, and I think that that's completely flipped it where now Landon Sampson, he may get some playing time this year, but he will have a year to develop. He won't immediately be counted on, you know, right out the gate. Um, and it sounds like that's kind of the case in almost every position group where you have this sort of veteran group and then you have the group of up and coming guys that are learning beneath them. Um, so yeah, we we can go ahead and talk about the press conferences. So on Tuesday, uh, we had the offensive players, a um, couple of different guys. And then today we had defensive players. What are some standouts from, from that? I'll start with Pauline again. Um, well, I was actually just going to touch on it. It was going to be like a good segue, but it is a good segue still. Yeah, when uh, when um, David Spaulding was talking and was on the podium, he was talking about how Coach Gray, how you're saying how all of the teams kind of do a very good job with roster distribution. He was um, basically talking really highly about coach gray and how he goes about um doing the roster distribution and how um basically just how he prepares everybody not just like the best of the best so i thought that was really interesting to hear from him especially 
somebody who a, a lot of people say is uh, like has NFL draft potential. Like I thought it was interesting hearing that, oh, this guy who has all this potential is playing side by side next to this uh, freshman, but they're all working together as a team. Like everybody is treated as the same, which I think is a really cool thing to hear from him. Yeah, South Carolina, especially in the DB room, has had this recent history of guys that um, were sort of unheralded, under-recruited, whatever, and then got developed in their time here and then developed into something pretty special. I mean, you think Jalen Foster last year who, you know, finished all the American. Out of yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he started as a walk-on. So um, I think we that they that. have proven um, over time that it is worth you know, sort of turning over every stone on the roster and making sure everyone's getting attention because you don't know who is going to actually step up uh, over the course of their career. Alan, what about you? Um, press conference. Yeah, my main take from today, especially, um, we're talking with defensive guys. Um, we didn't get to talk to Clayton White himself, but a lot of guys had thoughts on Clayton White, on thoughts on his scheme. Um, I wrote about this. It'll, I don't know when it's going to publish, but I wrote about it this afternoon a little bit. Um, the main take is that it's just it just seems different. Like he um not to spoil too much of what I wrote. I mean the quotes are all online, but um, you know, you've got Mo Kaba talking about, you know, input and Sherrod Green talking about just kind of how it's more of a scheme that kind of fits players more. It's not like a try to let's try to, you know, some coaches, some coordinators, we're gonna jam a square peg in a round hole here. Um the take I got, um, guys just talking, it, it seemed a little bit more geared towards the strengths of their roster, which I think in this case for South Carolina, it's definitely going to be a cornerback. I mean, you've got a first rounder there, Cam Smith. Um, and I think that linebacking group has a chance to be pretty good too with the experience. We talked to a couple of those guys today, obviously with um, Green and Kaba. Um, so that's kind of where I took. I feel like they're going to try to be and look, I mean, you still got to be able to do, you still got to be able to stop the run, which they didn't do last year. I've written about that plenty. You still got to, you know, there's going to need to be some development, especially the safety position, I think. Um, but it's going to be geared around what's what works for them. And they were also talking about playing with more speed this year, which is a, a, kind of a buzzword that a couple of different players threw out today, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I had some more thoughts on that and what I wrote, which you can stick around for later because we're not going to give it all away on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, GameCocksGroup.com. There's always there's two or three to five, depending on the day, um, articles there posted. Um, so definitely go check that out. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Clayton White. I mean, it was pretty clear. I can't find the official 2020 uh, defense rank, but I think that this is correct. Um, South Carolina was ranked as low as, according to what I'm looking at right now, 109th in, to in team defense. Um, coming out of the 2020 season, Will Muschamp's last season, two and eight, you know, supposed to be a defensive guru. At times, uh, the, the defense looked pretty good, but also I feel like it struggled a lot throughout his time here, a lot more than people anticipated. Um, and then for Clayton White to come in and turn around uh, the 41st ranked defense last year. Um, and I believe someone mentioned it today, they were number one, in the SEC and turnovers. Turnovers, um, yeah. That was, um, I can't remember who said it, but one of the players said that today. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty amazing turnaround, and you can't necessarily depend on turnovers. So, you, you know, there's going to have to be some more consistency in some other areas. Um, but if you can get, you know, close to whatever that number was 
from last year um, and improve just consistency, especially in run defense, then I think that you're set up for a pretty good year. That's the whole crux of it, I think. I mean, you got to be able to stop the run. I mean, it obviously, I think teams are going to be inclined to run the ball in South Carolina just because that secondary, especially the cornerback group on paper, looks really good. Um, and you look at the early part of the schedule. I mean, Georgia State, top 10 nationally in rushing last year. Arkansas, top 10 nationally in rushing last year. Georgia, that offensive line's huge. I mean, you're going to have to be able to stop the run. Um, I think that's going to get a pretty good sense of that pretty fast about if South, how much better they are in that department. Um, I'm curious. I saw both days someone is asking several players, maybe it was one of you guys, I don't know, uh, about people that are like talking trash. That wasn't that school. wasn't us, but that did happen. Um, and the general consensus is Cam Smith, which fair enough. I mean, he's probably the best player on the roster in terms of just overall talent. So if you can back it up, go Debo ahead. is name dropped a couple yeah, times. Debo, yeah, that was another one. He got dropped a couple times. Um, yeah, and I, I, but, I saw that they mentioned that both are kind of backing it up. Though. Yeah, but also they'll say that they'll be like, "Oh, Debo, oh Cam," but then at the same time. It'll be like, yeah, once they start, everybody kind of gets into it. And it all just, like, ends up being more of a camaraderie thing than, like, a actual, like, dig you at have you. have to have know? that a little bit, especially as a corner. Like, if you're Cam Smith and you're, let's face it, you're probably going to be matched up with the other team's best receiver most weeks. you got to be able to talk a little bit at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. Um, we did a full film breakdown of the DBs, and I think Cam Smith, specifically a few months ago, uh, you can look that up. But one of the things I noticed while I was doing his film breakdown is he consistently, they don't throw throw at him very much, but when they did and he made a play, which was more times than not, uh, consistently would let you know about it uh, once he, he made the play. But, you know, I, I think that uh, the secondary especially has been missing that. Um, you had a tradition of that with guys like DJ Swearinger back like a decade ago. Um, but then you haven't, <laughs> you haven't, uh, seen that as much so it's good to get some some fire back there i agree um and that that you guys talked about the camaraderie aspect like i don't know if either of you got a chance to watch welcome home south carolina last night um but they the first segment went into the spring game and cam smith was a lot was mic'd up and that was something he was doing but even from the sidelines he was like oh uh I can't remember who it was. Number twenty-four, I think. He's like number twenty-four. You, you, don't, you don't got this. <laughs> and then um, he got scored on, and he like got in his face immediately. But then, yeah, by the end of the episode, you also see the same guys, Cam Smith and other guys that that kind of were knocked up and talking, congratulating people on a big play and and all this sort of stuff. So it does seem like it's all in good fun. They're competitive, but there's also they're keeping that that sense of team involved. Um, anything else that stood out from the practice or the, the pressers so far? One of the one uh, things that I actually, me and Alan were talking about this after today. Um, today, all the players were on the older side. They actually were originally, they came in from the Muschamp era. So it was a lot of them talked. I found that a lot of them talked about the whole like team camaraderie but also like a lot of them were also injured at the same time so that was gonna be mine like kind of yeah we had a lot of guys today who were in who at some point or other have had some pretty significant injuries um Sherrod Green jumps out I mean he's played unfortunately three games the last two years total like um 
you know, Mo Kava's been hurt at different points. Um, we had, I don't know if it was four out of six, five. I think almost everyone who talked today, they're all, all run down the list to have it open. We had Sherrod Green, Tonka Hemingway, Tyreek Johnson, Mo Kaba, RJ Roderick, and David Spalding today. And almost all of those guys have had some kind of significant injury since they got to Columbia, which I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just who's required. I don't know how that shakes, but I thought that was kind of interesting. That's who we ended up talking to today. Yeah, and probably and what were you going to say about the about the injury part? Well, I yeah, kind of both of it. but No, no, don't worry about it. But a lot of them uh, talked about tying in both of those, like how they started as freshmen under Muschamp and now are under Beamer. Like when they were injured, um, especially like last year when um, – who was it? It was Spalding. Did he play last year? Uh, Do we know? I forget. But um, played last year. Green, Green missed all of last year. He got hurt in the Georgia game. And missed, I'd say pretty much all of the last year. 10 games or whatever. So essentially, um, they were saying that, like, even though they were injured, like, prior, like, even when Shane Beamer's there, they were getting, they were working hard every day. Like, they weren't um, just lying around missing practice. Like, they were still getting, like, help, other extra, like, ancillary resources that, like, will help them out, even though they can't be, like, present on the field, which I thought was, like, it speaks to just like the program in general that like, they're not just going to like, Oh, you have an injury. Sorry. Bye. Like they're, they're going to help and work through it with you so that you can be like the best that you can be. I got a quote from, I think it was green. And he said that no matter who you like, who you are, everybody plays. And it again goes to the whole thing. Like you're not going to be thrown to the side if you get injured, like, they want to help you like be the best. So I thought that was cool. We heard yeah, I think I was reps from three or four different guys today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I read that from, I think Alan's live updates on gamecockscoop.com insiders forum, uh, which every day that there is a presser that we're allowed to go to, um, there will be live updates for that. So definitely check that out. Um, but anyway, I saw that where someone was talking about Sherrod Green and they were saying, like, yeah, he hasn't played much of the last two years, but he's gotten tons of mental reps, so he's still gotten better over the last two years. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's certainly possible. Obviously, you would rather be, be taking physical, physical reps. reps. <laughs> but that's the other um, thing, too, though. It's like you talk about this linebacker group. We don't even really know what this linebacker group would look like with a healthy Sherrod Green because we haven't seen it. Like he's been hurt for two years. Like we get to November and he's played all the games. You don't know what that's going to look like, how much that could help. Um, that's kind of the variable, I guess. That's just where you're going to have to wait and hope he stays healthy if you're South Carolina. But you know, you try to project these things and some of it's kind of hard to project because you just haven't seen the guys enough and seen how much they've developed. And to me, that's one of the biggest factors in that run defense that we were talking about earlier um, is, you know, for better or worse, there's there's been some talented guys at linebacker. There's been some guys that are trying very hard, but I think that that's been one of the biggest holes on the defense over the last couple of years. So um, let's we'll, we'll have to see if the young guys step up and if Sherrod Green can stay healthy. And I think if those two things happen, then it definitely looks a lot different. Um, Anything else that you guys want to mention about uh, the last week as things are getting into full gear? 
excited for tomorrow. Yeah, we got another open like practice tomorrow. My I think element. that was my only. Um, we're back on the practice field. We're going to get another uh, stretching and maybe a few drill session tomorrow. Hopefully catch yeah. some more dance moves. <laughs> if Juju's up for it, yeah. Yeah, so make sure you follow off. make sure you follow our Twitter at Rivals Gamecock and then also TikTok. follow the live thread. Oh, and TikTok at Rivals Gamecock. We started as well. a TikTok. <laughs> so you can um, see their dance moves. That I mean that's it it'll it's fit right in. Music. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah, so make sure you keep up with that because we are posting things live whenever we have access to those first few periods like we do on Friday. And then there is the first scrimmage of the preseason on Saturday. Won't have actual access to that, but uh, Shane Beamer is going to do a press conference after. So we'll have all the updates from that on Saturday as well. Um, The only other thing I had was to talk a little bit about Welcome Home South Carolina, which it sounds like you guys didn't see a ton of. Um, My only notes is whoever set this up, uh, that's a huge win for the media department that's at South Carolina. Um, just the first, the first episode. Yeah. hundred percent. I assume props, Justin King's just involved. In <laughs> yeah. Um, Pat on the back. It, yeah. The, uh, the first episode, if you've been like plugged in to at least our site over the summer, none of it was all that new. Like uh, they went behind the scenes on a few of the social media campaigns. Like, um, Beamer doing his, uh, you know, mic drop uh, before the SEC media days. Um, they went into the grit night um, where we we showed some clips that uh, the Gamecock Football Athletic account posted over the summer um, where they kind of did like a military boot camp style workout, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was like rehashing stuff that you already saw, but you got to see a little bit deeper on it. And like I said, the spring game uh, with different players mic'd up, especially Cam Smith in the first 10 minutes was probably the highlight for me. Um, one thing I do wish they had, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Hard Knocks on HBO, the following yeah. NFL teams. Usually they have like a narrator over the top that's stringing things together. And that was one thing that I felt like um, the welcome home footage was missing. It just kind of like spliced a bunch of footage together. Um, there was a deep dive on Marshawn Lloyd. That was pretty cool. That was kind of like last chance you style where they talked to the family, went to his hometown, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch all five. My understanding is that next week we'll basically cover this week. Like it's, it's going to be like a week behind from, from now on. So we did spring up until SEC media days last night, um, but then we start getting preseason footage and then all the way up through the Georgia State game. Yeah, the last I think episode that, is supposed to run the Wednesday after Georgia State. I think that's going to be really cool, um, to, especially if we get some more of those mic'd up moments or um, some locker room footage or, or whatever. Uh, my only take is, and I said this, I was actually in a Twitter space with um, Ben Portnoy from the state last night. We are talking about it a little bit. Um, this is kind of a weird time for this kind of a show. Um, not that not there's a ton of like crossover between South Carolina Gamecocks and Detroit Lions fandom, but this Detroit hard knocks that's going around right now is like, everything's a bombshell. Everything's crazy. Dan Campbell's going insane. It's like, oh, this is just South Carolina football. It's not... I think some people might have tuned in expecting it to be hard knocks, and it's definitely not that. Um, but it's still interesting content. And like I said, I think once you get to a football game to that last episode, um, 
could have some interesting stuff there depending on how that game goes. Yeah, I uh, I think it's, I mean, any exposure on this is like national scale, I think is good right now. Oh, this was the other note that I had um, and something I was going to write about earlier. So one thing that I think failed in the Will Muschamp era, and maybe predictably so, um, was that he kind of came in, tried to do the Nick Saban thing at South Carolina, which is fine. You know, that, that obviously has worked for Nick Saban. Uh, that's worked. And, and this is also why I'm not sure if Kirby Smart would have worked here, even though he's obviously a great mm, coach. I don't know about that. Um, but... Yeah, he, he probably would have. You know, he's different level than Will Muschamp at the very least. Um, but I think to succeed in a place like South Carolina that's not got all this like traditional success and got all these uh, traditional recruiting inroads, although South Carolina at times has had really good in-state talent, but you know, not so much lately. Um, to succeed at a place like this, I think you have to be a little different. Um, and I think that Will Muschamp was trying to do things in a very traditional way. And I think that Shane Beaver has embraced like, no, let's be a little weird. <laughs> like not even, not even weird, but let's embrace, um, let's let the cameras come in. You know, can you imagine like Nick Saban letting cameras come into the locker room <laughs> for me as being um, over Georgia for at least a little bit, Kirby Smart would have a stroke. Yeah, exactly. So you have, if you're going to compete against those folks, um, I don't think that you can be in their lane. I think that you're going to have to carve out your own niche in your own lane. And it seems like so far, that's something that Shane Beamer and his staff have done a good job of. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. You know my take. I feel like, I, like I'm a broken record. I love, I love all the stuff that he does and all the media interaction that he does. He's just not only does it like shed a light on us as a team, but also like the players, like, they love getting all that stuff. They love the graphics made of them. They love, like, getting filmed, getting mic'd up, and having, like, practices where they're mic'd up, sights and sounds, all that type of stuff. Like, G uh, yeah, Juju literally was DM me afterwards after I posted, like, him dancing. He was like, this is so funny, ha, 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 and, like, reposted it, and I was like, see, like, that's – they love that type of stuff, and I think allowing them – to have that kind of like break in their practice in their hard days, like at an army camp, like I would not want cameras in my face, but they were okay with it. Like the type of stuff like that is really, I think really cool that he's brought to the table. Yeah. My last thing is just at, at um, SEC media days. And you mentioned it again at South Carolina media day, Shane Beamer said that at this time last year, the only people who were talking about South Carolina were just the people here. Um, nobody around the country really cared. Not on the radar. It's not really a thing. And now it's like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to win the national title this year, I don't think. But people are talking about them. They're here. They're People know who they are. Like, you turn on ESPNU, you go watch him, you know, dancing at SEC Media Days. Go watch him down. People know South Carolina football exists, which – when you're South Carolina football, that's not nothing. Yep. For sure. No, that's that's what you're going to have to do uh, in order to compete, especially if the state of South Carolina continues to have the well dry a little bit um, it, with recruiting. Although I think the 2024 class uh, is probably the deepest that the state of South Carolina has been in a while. 
Um, but at the same time, you're going to have to continue to make inroads in places that you traditionally haven't, which they've done with the DMV recruiting DC, Maryland, Virginia, um, that I they're the trying to do with them helps a lot there. Definitely does. Um, and touring gray. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So they there, I think they're on the right path. Now you have to go win football games. Um, there's been a lot of hype and you have to back up that hype. Uh, at least a little bit. I don't think that they have to win the national championship, like you said, but there has to be some improvement. I think an eight-win season goes a really long way here, which um, if you want to check out the Gamecock Scoop Stats predictions, there's a game-by-game prediction uh, post on the front page yesterday, so you don't have to scroll very far to find it. I think I had them going eight and four. Alan, I think you had them seven and five. I had seven and five. I'm a little bit more cautious than you. Um I still have questions about that early schedule. You picked him to beat Georgia and Clemson, didn't you? Yeah, so I had a really weird eight and four because I also had them losing Man, that's... to Arkansas and losing Was to this? USC, uh, losing to Florida, um, but then, yeah, beating Georgia and Clemson because that just seems like – you, you haven't been around here long enough, Alan. That just seems like a South Carolina thing to do. Like, <laughs> you, you have uh, to. You can't not. Um, <laughs> I get. I mean, I did say this last night to to Ben though. We're in the space. We're talking because someone else in the space. He was basically taking questions. When I was, someone else said he thinks South Carolina is going to beat Georgia. Um, and all I said is that that game. I haven't been around here, but I've been around South Carolina Georgia games. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be nine thousand degrees. It's going to be ridiculous humidity. It's going to be Georgia's first road game of the year. Yep. I think South Carolina's, yeah, I think South Carolina's hoping it's really ugly, and I think it has the potential to be really ugly. And if it gets really ugly, then who knows what happens in the fourth quarter? That's where those. I just, uh, I just pulled up my because me and Ford in my own uh, podcast video, whatever that we do, um, we did this two weeks ago where we drafted up our wins and losses, and I have eight as well. So I think that's I think that's. The, I will say the I don't love Wing and Ling a schedule in August because you don't know who's going to be hurt or whatever by November and stuff. Um, yeah. I think I think that was the that was the hardest part. I I, yeah. I feel pretty confident in the eight and four. I don't feel so confident in the path to eight and four. That's um, the <laughs> I mean, I. You know, you got them losing to Florida. I, I'm not as high on Florida, at least this year. I think that's a game they can win, even though I it's in Gainesville. Um, I'm very high on – I'm pretty high on Kentucky. Um, I think I actually put them at, like, 10-2. and two. Um, I'm pretty high on Will Levis in Kentucky. Wow. So that's, um, that's, that's a tougher one. But, like, that's I'm, a good you know, I'm saying, Arkansas? You know, no, I was just saying that's a good segue too. I was kind of high on Kentucky, and then I did the preview for Kentucky just the other day, um, which is on GameClassGroup.com, and um, I came yeah I came away a little bit less high on them because they they lost their offensive coordinator, they lost Wendell Robinson, uh, they lost a lot of they lost a lot of their offensive line, which I didn't realize. Um, and so, I mean, I think they're going to struggle a little bit more on offense than they did last year, even though Will Levis, I do think, is obviously pretty good. Um, and then their secondary was very unproven. So I think if you can pass on them, which their, their front seven still looks pretty good, but if you can pass on them, I think 
they're going to struggle a little bit more than they did last year. Anyway, sorry, Pauline, what were you saying? No, Arkansas. I was just interested in seeing what um, you put, because I know that Alan said it, but I missed it. Did you put a win or a loss for Arkansas? I gave that a loss. That's just a that's a that's a long trip. Loss. That's okay, that's what I mean. That's what I did. Ford put a he put a W. I mean, I mean I it's not, not impossible. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't. But I just can't give them that that early in the season. That's a really tough draw think. for your first road game. They're, well, yeah, yeah that, especially I feel like they're going to come off a high from Georgia State. Ideally, they win and. It's then that's much that they're going to get a little cocky like just, we um, do. Arkansas it's is good. It's a very simple road. football fact, and I don't know if South Carolina can stop the run, but I know Arkansas is going to run the ball 50 times, um, and we're just going to have to see how that goes. Yeah. And and they got to get over the hump on the road, which they've struggled. That's the other thing. So I wrote about yeah. that, too, a couple weeks ago, that the road game that's going to have to pick up this year. Yep. And that's uh, the road on the SEC is, is tough, which is why I – pick them to potentially beat Georgia. I think if they split Arkansas, Georgia, that, you know, sky's the limit for the season at that point, because you are likely going to then going to win SE state and Charlotte. You're heading to so Kentucky then you're five four, and one right? going in five and one, right? No, it'd be four. Cause Kentucky's the four state. and one. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's your swing um, game. So I mean, that's it's a conference game a, against a team with a similar talent level. It's on the road and it's going into the bye week. Like Kentucky's probably your. It's hard to pinpoint one, but that's probably the biggest. If I had to choose one swing 50, game, 50. probably that one. Oh yeah, if you can somehow go into the bye week five and one, you're yeah. probably ranked in the top fifteen. You're uh, ranked. You've got A and M coming in after the bye. Yeah. You're probably also ranked at that point. Like that. That be subtly. You talk about national attention. That becomes oh, a yeah. very different thing. That's 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 even potential potentially a game day game. At the very least, you're getting a night game in Williams Bryce or the three thirty CDS game in Williams Bryce. Which no, uh, oh, three thirty CDS is Big Ten now, isn't it? Or does that start next year? I thought that was next year. I think they have one more year. I could be wrong. Let me. Let I don't me know if you saw that, that Twitter thing. Of I did to put the SEC on CBS music to a bunch of Big Ten highlights. Um, it's just grim. Yeah, they they still have. 2022 season uh for sec on cbs but uh after this it is gonna that's look gonna be weird, weird. That, that's just yeah. gonna be weird turning in 330 on a saturday next year for nebraska and rutgers or whatever that's <laughs> yep not ideal but um all right i think we covered everything that's been going on here in the last week or so uh how about we get back together at the end of next week and do it again Let's do Maybe it. we'll have mm-hmm. some info on how the scrimmage went from uh, Beamer on Saturday. And yeah, if you guys want the information earlier than that, definitely stay tuned to GameCocksGroup.com. There's tons of free stuff, uh, tons of premium stuff. Um, if you want to join premium, it's not that much. hundred bucks a year, you know, cheaper than Netflix, much cheaper than Netflix I mean, at this point. Um, <laughs> better content than Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we at least go with the uh, quality over quantity approach, which <laughs> tends, to, tends to flip the other way. Um, anyway. Like Lee uh, Jr. talk about that. Yeah, yeah he, that was his whole uh, focus on SEC Media Days after his seven-word uh, intro. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, until next time, uh, this has been Pauline, Alan, and Caleb, and this has been the GameCocksGroup.com podcast. We'll see you later. Oops. <laughs>